So good afternoon, everyone, and welcome once again to our always awesome show of NeuroDigest. This is the special needs hangout edition, and uh, just basic house rules. Uh, if you'd like to say something, please raise your hand. If you have a question or comment, you can put it on the chat, and we shall make sure we address it. And today we're excited because we're going to learn something that is actually new and first here in Africa. And before that, just a quick intro. This is brought to you by Andy Speaks for Special Needs Persons, a rights-based organization that champions for inclusion and mainstreaming of uh, persons with neurodevelopmental disabilities. And uh, we like to empower, support, and train our caregivers and the children on the best way we are able to raise our children, especially with the challenges that we have at this time during the corona period and also more because if you're empowered that means you'll be able to raise your child better your life will be easier we all know the level of stresses that we go through when you're raising our kids and today we are going to be discussing relationships as a form of uh intervention i'm sure that's something that's new but our special guests will be able to take us through it and we'll get to understand what it is about and we hope that you'll be equipped and um curious enough to want to use this intervention. And Meghna Misaria, who's in training of the same, is the first one to bring this to Africa. So at least we are privileged to be hosting her on our show today. And welcome and please introduce yourself and then let everyone know who you are, how you ended up here, and then we can get into the other nitty-gritties. Karibu. Thank you. Um, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Meghna Visaria. Uh, I am from India and recently moved to Nairobi. Uh, I've been a special educator and worked with children with autism for many years now. I recently started training in the RDI program because I realized uh, parents were such an important part of uh, their child's lives and Unfortunately for kids with autism, they play such a small role uh, in, what and, in what the kids learn. So that's why I'm so motivated to share uh, about this program with you so that you at home during this whole pandemic can still support your children in learning and have a more meaningful relationship with them, have a stress-free environment around. Uh, so I'm really excited to be here. Thank you very much. And I can see finally Ma Maureen is here. So I'll sign language interpreter, Karibu. Uh, so that's, that's awesome. Uh, could you just take us through the presentation and then at least so that people get to understand like, okay, this is something new that you mentioned, yeah? And why and what are the benefits and uh, why should we take it up as caregivers for children with autism? And then the other question I'll ask is only for autism or are other neurodevelopmental disabilities also going to be beneficial, like cerebral palsy or Down syndrome? So I, I don't know which, which way. Is it for all or it's specifically for autistic? Okay, um, so I think once we, we can just walk through the presentation and mm -hmm. then once the input can get into uh, the questions and the discussion. All right, perfect. The floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Okay. Um, so like Sylvia mentioned, the name of the program is Relationship Development Intervention. 
what I strongly believe is that the world needs all kinds of minds. So you'll see that on every slide of mine. I think each individual uh, disability or not has a mind of their own. And it's so important for us to, um, to incorporate, to be inclusive towards a different mind. So let's talk about relationship development intervention. Um, I'd like to dwell a little bit into what autism is. Um, a lot of us look at autism as a speech difficulty, as having difficulties with social interactions, um, with, uh, with communicating with people, with uh, repetitive behaviors. But the way RDI looks at autism is slightly different. Uh, it does acknowledge all these external symptoms of autism, but there are some foundational symptoms, some core issues that we don't work on directly. And that's what I'd like to begin with. So declarative communication, whether the child is verbal or nonverbal, we do know that they have a difficulty sharing their experiences um, and their feelings, not only with their parents, but with everyone around them. So that's one of the core issues of autism is how they communicate, how they share their experiences. The next one is referencing, which means when you're faced with an uncertain situation, we know our kids sometimes will get into very big tantrums when there's a slight change in their schedule. So referencing is something where we want children to be able to look at their parents, to be able to look at the, the people around them and share their perspective. See how they're dealing with uncertain situations and then use that for themselves to cope with that situation. The next one, episodic memory. In this one, the child has difficulty reflecting on past experiences. So, so many times we see our children making the same kind of error or us giving the same kind of instruction over and over. And we wonder why they're not able to learn from their experience, why they're not moving on. So that's another core issue of autism that RDI wants to work on with the help of parents. The next one, flexible thinking. Again, talking about the tantrums, talking about the different situations that you're faced with in the real world and that there can be multiple right answers. So there's one way to wear a shoe. There can also be a different way to wear a shoe and to be okay with that. You know, so when we teach our kids to do things a certain way, they go ahead and do it the same way at every single instance. For example, um, you're asking them to peel a potato. They do it so perfectly at home but let's say you go to a restaurant and the restaurant has a different kind of feeler, they feel lost, you know? So it's important for our kids to be able to understand that there can be multiple right answers, there can be gray areas, circumstances change. That's another core issue of autism that RDI talks about. Oh, we missed one. Oh, regulation, yes. This one, so, so important, regulation. Um, when a child throws a tantrum, like for us as well, sometimes we feel so uncomfortable in a situation, but we're capable of regulating ourselves and getting back to what we were doing. So regulation for kids on the spectrum, they depend so much on their therapists or on their parents to help regulate themselves. We tell them that, hey, you know, I know you're having a hard time, 
Why don't you do this? It'll make you feel better. Why don't you take this? It'll make you feel better. But for themselves, their self-regulation is still something that's lacking. So regulation is also a big piece of how children will be able to learn. So these are the five main components um, that RDI talks about. Before we start looking at speech, start looking at OT, start looking at physio, start looking at all these other therapies that are out there, these are the five basic core issues of autism that we need to address. You have an organic bond with them. You have a natural relationship with them. You see them for so many hours. It's best to learn from them and not one step at a time, but just as the day goes on, there are so many things you can learn from them and improve on all these core issues. So um, should I just continue or do we take questions in between? Just continue. I'm sure, okay. like we say, the questions can be noted and then now we will be able to address them at the end. Okay, okay. Okay, so here's what the mission of RDI is. It is to provide students, all our kids, with, uh, who, they may be from different age ranges, they have different skills, they might have different strengths and vulnerabilities, but the mission of the program is for them to have a lifelong development of dynamic intelligence. So dynamic intelligence is the key word here. We want our children to be able to learn for themselves, not one skill at a time, but whatever life throws at them, we want them to be able to take something from it, learn from their experiences, try different things, not be afraid of failing. That's what we want our children to have, dynamic intelligence. If you look at um, the lifespan of a neurotypical individual, there are so many things that they learn so quickly. Some that you have taught them, maybe at home, maybe at school, some that they've just picked up by watching others. So that's what we want our kids with autism to have, to have dynamic intelligence. That's something that parents at home can work on very easily through the RDI program. And the way we do that is through a guiding relationship. So a lot of times we do end up teaching our kids how to do things. So here, let me teach you how to eat with a spoon. So I'm gonna hold your hand, I'm going to teach you. I'm gonna hold your hand and I'm going to teach you. But what RDI suggests is that you guide your child, which means you give them lots of opportunities for mental and self-growth. So let's say you give them some grains of rice and you ask them to eat it without a spoon, or you just give them the plate of rice and see what they do with it. They might pick up one grain at a time. They might actually realize, oh, mom's eating it with a spoon. Let me go find a spoon. So in simple activities like these, your child has learned to think for himself or herself. They have grown. You know, they've noticed something, they've learned something from you without you even formally teaching it. So the next time, let's say you uh, take a fruit that you would eat with a fork, the child might get a spoon at first, but looking at you eat it with a fork might understand, oh, a fork is a better idea. So let me grab a fork. And in case they don't think of that, you might place a fork on the table and the child picks it up and tries it for himself. Then when the external support is required where occupational therapy, physiotherapy can come in, 
they're not teaching the child how to get a fork. They're teaching them the skill of how to poke the fork into the food. But the child is still thinking. They're not depending on you to do all the thinking for them. So that's what a guiding relationship would be, where you as a parent would give them tons of opportunities to practice, to learn, to try things for themselves. That's what a guiding relationship talks about. Okay, um, this, is, this was actually a, a big shock to me when I read about this research. Um, so I'll give you a second to just look at the images and read what the research is about. It basically says that until a certain age, up to six or seven months, all kids, all infants grow the same way. They're learning the same things, they're doing similar things, but it's after six or seven months that you start seeing a deviation where you notice that there are some red flags. There's something that's off. There's something that's different about my child. It's only at that age that you start seeing, uh, and in case you have, an old, you have had an older child, you start seeing the differences, that this is what my first child used to do at this age, but here's my second child and he's doing something different. And you start noticing those red flags and you start wondering why your child is doing that. And as they grow older, these irregular Regularities only increase. The child understands exactly what they like to do, what are their interests. They start picking on those things so heavily. And that's why RDI talks about early intervention, where they say that if you get, if you join this program as early as you can, you will be able to work with your child and understand them much sooner and help them learn these skills that all of us around them already do. So this is the research where they say that even a child as early as six or seven months start de starts demonstrating those irregularities. And when you do notice them, would also be a good time to join the RDI program because you will start guiding your child and understanding them much before they start understanding themselves. So we, you will be able to put them on a path where they are learning all these things from you as quickly or if not as quickly as neurotypicals, but faster than anybody else. Okay, so um, there are three essential areas that you'll be working on when you join the RDI program. Um, and when I say parents, uh, I want to clarify that I mean both the parents, so just not the mom or the dad, but I would love for both parents to join the RDI program because then your child just benefits from learning from two different people, you know, two different personalities. And, uh, you know, even for different types of families, so even the siblings, there's so much that you can learn from having different people around you in the family. So whoever lives with the child, whoever shares um, the space with the child should definitely be a part of this program. So you're using your entire day, multiple opportunities to guide uh, this child with autism. So the first one being identifying and reducing the impact of problems that prevent the child from taking advantage of opportunities provided by the guides. 
So you may say that, you know, we give him lots of opportunities to practice this skill. We do this 10 times a day, but he's still not getting it. That's when we start looking at what the issues might be. Are there any sensory issues? Are there any gaps in learning? Are there any skills that the child needs to learn before he can finally perform this activity on his own? So step one would be to understand what are the problems? What are the issues that are impacting the child's learning? The second would be to provide guidance and support so that we can enable parents and the children to play active roles. A lot of times when we're working with our kids, it's the therapist or the parent who's playing an active role. The child is just going around wherever we go. You say, grab the cup, he grabs the cup. You say, drink water, he drinks water. So you're taking about 80% of the space and then the child only has 20%, which is to follow your instruction. The idea of RDI is to build a 50-50 relationship where you're not giving the instruction but you're creating an environment, you're creating a space where the child on his own can figure out what he needs to do. And then both of you are playing active roles. So it's not being child-led, it's not being parent-led, it's together you do something. The last one is teaching parents how to employ mindful guiding to build essential skills. So daily skills like toileting, brushing, uh, putting on our shoes, putting on our clothes, um, RDI teaches you how to do these skills in a mindful way. So you're not just going ahead and pulling a shirt down your child's head, but you're actually thinking about how you would feel if someone did that to you. Are you doing it well? Are you surprising the child? Have you physically moved the child? How is it that you have planned to teach this essential skill while keeping in mind that your child has a mind of his own? he might want to do things a different way. So how would you then plan an activity where you can still teach the child a skill while having him play an important role in it, while having him or her think on how that activity can be done. So these are the three most important areas of RDI. Um, and I've worked with a few parents and I've realized that this is quite difficult. You know, it's not our initial instinct um, when it comes to children with autism because we feel like we have to do everything for them or we have to tell them they can think on their own if given the time, the space, the opportunity to do so. So RDI strongly believes in dynamic intelligence, believes that children with autism, children with disabilities have a mind of their own that when given the opportunity will be able to grow. Um, and then this is again very important. I think the RDI program is perfect for you if these are the things you're feeling. If you are in a crisis mindset, which basically means that you're on a day-to-day -day survival mode. There was a tantrum today. We did these things. We fixed it. Today is over. Let's see how tomorrow goes. It can be very stressful and very tiring when we operate like that. Um, if you feel like you need a larger perspective, you're working on certain skills and they're going well, but what next, you know? So what's the larger perspective? What's my plan for five years down the line? All these skills that I'm teaching my child, how are they going to be beneficial in the future? Um, then 
if you're functioning at a frantic pace, means you're constantly just on your toes, not sure what's going to happen next, it's a crisis mind. parent myself but I can imagine how physically and mentally exhausting parenting can be um, not just for our children with disabilities but even for neurotypical kids some of them can be quite a handful um, so if you feel that way every single day that's that's not a good place to be um, and RDI not only looks at your child's development but also looks at the parents development how are you coping with this big change in your life? How are you coping with the current family situation? Keeping all those things in mind, we design a program. Um, do you feel desperate? You're just willing to try anything. Um, so today, since I'm talking to you about RDI, you want to jump onto that program. Tomorrow, someone comes and talks to you about speech, and then you want to take on that program. So you're hopping from one place to another, not sure what is going to help you and then you're being fearful of change if you think your child is absolutely comfortable with what you're doing right now but you see an opportunity you see something like the rdi program but you're too afraid to rock the boat you know you're too afraid to take on something new because it's challenging your beliefs it's challenging something you've been done doing all this while um, so that's a crisis mindset. So if you're feeling, I, I'm feeling exhausted just talking about these different types of mindsets. So being in one, I can only imagine how difficult that might be. So if you definitely feel like that, I think RDI is the program for you. It's going to help you slow down. It's going to help you think of the future, think from a larger perspective. It's going to help you think about yourself and your child. Okay, um, and lastly, I can, I can briefly talk about how RDI works. So these are just some, this is just some theory, some background of uh, RDI, um, and I'll be happy. There's, there's so much more that RDI is about, but I've tried to talk about it. It's 2.30. Um, so RDI is a very simple yet complex program. Um, the way it would work is we would initially have a consultation wherein you and I would just talk about your child, about yourself, the things you've tried, the things you're hoping uh, to achieve in the next, in the near future. We talk about those things in an initial consultation and I'll answer all the questions you have about RDI. And that's when we decide if the program is a good fit for you, if you'd like to try it and then we go ahead. So the initial consultation is uh, what I would recommend everyone, even if you have the slight thought that RDI might be beneficial or I want to know more, please do get in touch with me and I'll be happy to schedule a free consultation in which we can talk and understand more about uh, RDI. After that, we go into the relationship development assessment. Um, this is a very simple assessment that involves all the caregivers, um, both the parents. Uh, we conduct the assessment in person. So for this one, uh, um, that is five, uh, two days that are five days apart. So we would conduct the assessment 
in which each parent will be interacting with the child and I'll be recording the entire assessment. So the, the reason that the assessment is recorded is so that the child feels comfortable with you, you feel comfortable with your child and there's no other person around. Since this program is about parents, um, it's important for parents to feel comfortable, right? So what I want to see is what your natural relationship, your natural interaction with the child looks like. Uh, so that would be the assessment. After the assessment, you would be joining the RDI community. Um, this is basically a, a portal um, that has tons of information about RDI. All the parents who are a part of this program around the world are on this uh, portal. And this is when you can interact with other families, you can read more about RDI, you can watch videos, you'll be uploading videos of your own on this portal. This is also where I will be sharing the assignments with you. Um, and the way that would go is every week, I would share assignments with you on this portal. You would then try them at home and you would upload short videos of your interaction with your child on that uh, portal itself where I will review and then we would have weekly meetings to discuss the steps ahead. Um, so that's, that's as simple um, as the program is, where we basically talk to each other through videos. You know, video modeling is so powerful. Even right now when I'm talking to you, I know when I go back and watch this video, there are going to be so many tips I would have for myself. I should be sitting this way, I should have dressed that way, I should have spoken faster or slower. It, the video really helps you to understand what you did in that moment and what you could have done differently or what you did that was so amazing that you should continue doing it. So that's why videos are what we use in order to give feedback to ourselves. Um, and the activities that I would be assigning to you, the assignments are extremely simple. They can totally be done at home. Uh, we, would keep act we would select activities based on the parents' preferences. Um, so if there's a dad who loves going on long drives, that would be an activity that you would choose for the dad and the child to share. So it's very natural, it's very comfortable, but you will be keeping the RDI principles in mind and you will be looking at that whole experience from a different lens and you will realize that your child is picking up so much more from it than they did before. So that's basically what the program is all about. Yes. We learn every day. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much for that awesome presentation. And um, just a, a quick question. Now, um, you, you mentioned that now the parents and you talk on you on the platform so this does not involve at any point one-on-one -on -one sessions so one-on-one -on -one sessions again so the program would be designed in such a way that we keep the parents needs in mind so mm -hmm. if there are any families who'd like me to model certain activities who'd like me to model certain aspects of the program mm -hmm. then we can do it in person but the idea is for me to train the parents and the parents to work with the child so I'm not asking the parents to become therapists. I'm not asking them to become RDI consultants, but to maintain the role of being a parent and then interacting with the child. So I would have one-on-one -on -one sessions with the parent and the child if required, 
but otherwise i would encourage parents to execute the program the way they feel most comfortable and then we take baby steps towards refining their interactions okay but then that means a parent has to have um, the the platform that you talked about is it something you have on your cell phone or do you have to invest in a tablet or how how is it so the recordings can be done on your phone um that's not an issue at all uh but i think it would be more comfortable uh you'd be more comfortable using the portal if it was on a tablet or a laptop or or even a desktop i actually haven't tried accessing it on my phone um but i think it would be nice to have a tablet at least um so that you can yeah i think even a phone should be fine i'm just not sure about that one okay all right that's absolutely fine pardon that should be fine okay then the other question the other question now i wanted to get so for your role here is uh, guiding the the parent right on how to handle the child yes and what time frame are we looking at at what point do you like you said we usually get so many you hear i need to do speech you need to do ot and as caregivers we always want the best for our children so whatever comes we want to do it but then we still have doubting thomases like us who <laughs> who are always afraid okay of like jumping up to the next you know best thing that has come out but we just want simply the best for for the kids so um in line with that how would you compare now rdi with the others so is it something that should be done on its own is it something that is a supplement to all the other interventions that are there you know because now like aba is more focused on behavior this one is focused on relationship what are the advantages or you get my you get my gist right yes yes um so i think with rdi so it's it's a parent training program so it's basically um uh, when a child is born uh the first thing you start with is parenting you know even before you start any of these other therapies you start parenting the child right and that's what rdi is all about is just parenting but in a mindful way the moment you get the diagnosis um that your child has autism you jump into all these therapies and you kind of end up taking a back seat where you're like my child is going to go learn in all these therapies they'll tell me what to do and then i'm going to try that at home but what what rdi talks about is you taking a more active role in your child's life so if the child is getting 5 hours of of therapy every week he's also getting 40 50 60 70 hours with you and what you can do in that time is is unimaginable um so i think i don't know how to answer your question exactly mm-hmm. uh but i would recommend a parent to um join the rdi program first because then you feel confident as a parent of what your child can do of what your child can learn and accordingly you will be able to choose the appropriate therapies the correct intensity for them to then be able to learn from others so i i strongly believe that what a child and i'm saying that as a therapist what a child can learn from their parents it's very hard for a therapist to teach the same thing right and that could be a positive or a negative behavior if the child has learned that if i cry 
my mom comes to me within a second, he's going to try the same thing on a therapist, right? And if we put an intervention in place, but the parent at home, it's not possible for them to do that, it's, there's a discrepancy. So I'd rather have the parent manage the behavior, teach the skills um, in a more regular way than, you know, otherwise. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's what I would really recommend is for the parents to take charge and then seek support. Okay, so, so we start with RDI, then now we can now top it up with OTST and everything else. Yes, and absolutely, uh, as a consultant, I would love to collaborate with all these therapists, mm -hmm. you know, because if you're doing like all of us talk about generalization, all of us talk about maintenance, I think it's very important for us to collaborate and make sure that whatever we're teaching the child is supporting them in real life. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's quite awesome. For everyone, thank you for being here. And if you have any questions, you can put it on the chat or raise your hand and we'll give you the opportunity to indulge and ask directly. So make use of that. Uh, remember, here on NeuroDigest, it is a conversation and it's about you as the caregiver and how you can best support your child in the growth. Uh, I can see Grace saying that she's a caregiver to, to a 29 year old on the sad spectrum. Grace, I think it is not a sad spectrum. It is a tough journey, yes. <laughs> but autism spectrum is just simply what it is. And in life, we have to just deal with the cards that we're given. And then uh, someone is requesting uh, that you share your contacts so that they can be able to reach out directly. So you can put that also on the chat, then now at least we'll be able to, to know. Now, how early, I know you say the, the, the RDA is one of the things that we should start with, but then figuring that you, like your, from our previous engagement, you mentioned that this uh, has been there for the first 20 years and it's the first time it's coming to Africa and you know the African continent and how we take things is always different and how we consume things is always different. So uh, where, where do you see, us going or what 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 can you say in terms of testimonials from those who used it and how far and which continents have used it sure uh, actually uh, this is the second time rdi is coming to africa uh, oh. the founders of rdi dr shili and dr gutstein were here at the pan african conference uh, mm -hmm. and they spoke about rdi at that time so i'm technically second um yeah. Um, but uh, to answer your question, um, I think empowering parents is so important. Um, we, we have therapies available, of course, um, but I think it's time that parents start taking charge of their lives and their child's lives so that they can make more um, mindful choices for their kids. Um, and the way I see this growing is as a parent body, you become so strong that when your children grow older and you're wondering what next, when they've attained all these skills um, and you're wondering, okay, now what do I do with these skills? Where are my children going to go next? Are they going to pursue university? Are they going to take up uh, vocational courses? Are they going to get a job? Are they going to get married? Are they going to have friends? That's when you start wondering, okay, now how can I help my child? I, I am hoping that when you join the RDI program, as soon as you do, 
you will already start thinking about these things and working towards it. Because at the end of the day, this is where you want them to use all their skills. So they will be able to have a wonderful conversation with the therapist, but when it comes to an outside world, how do they understand what to do then? So we want parents to start thinking about those things and start taking charge of it because as you interact with your child through the RDI program, you will start noticing these strengths and these vulnerabilities and help them accordingly to apply them in society. Um, so I know a lot of parents told me that they stopped attending birthday parties, they've stopped going for play dates, and I definitely don't want them to happen because you're the person with the child at that point, and I want you to feel confident to take your child into that social gathering and be able to support them to interact with others around. So I do see us as, um, as a community thinking about the future of these kids, about what they're going to be doing, how they're going to be an active member of society. So it, even if I start now, like when a child is already matured, so there will be some improvement, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Does it mean it will take longer? Um, it, would depend from, it would depend from family to family, from child to child, um, because now you see it's not, everything is not dependent on the child. It's also dependent on you as a parent or you as a caregiver. Mm -hmm. um, so it would definitely depend on where you are at at this point and what your goals are. I think it's very important for us to think about where we want to go. And that's how you work on the program. You look at the future and then you take, you plan it backwards. So I think age need not be a bar. Uh, speech need not be a bar. There's so much uh, we can do without these, without these two um, in interfering with progress. Okay, all right, that's awesome. Uh, I'm not sure, I, I would like to hear something from any caregiver. Uh, on the chat, so kindly drop us a message, let us know if, if it was clear, if there's some clarification you would like to gain and get, so that uh, we are able to help you understand uh, this, this new uh, technology. So which, which countries have actually used this for the longest? Oh yes, sorry, I forgot to answer that one. Um, so there are, the program was actually started in the US, so there are tons of consultants all over the US. Uh, it is also widely spread in India, um, in, in a couple of Asian countries as well, like China, um, I want to say Thailand as well, uh, So it, and in Europe, Europe as well. So there are consultants spread out uh, throughout the world. Okay, okay. And a lot of parents have also taken up this program eventually after they've seen uh, the impact it has had on the kids. Uh, they've also gone ahead and become consultants themselves. So uh, once you get onto the community, you will be meeting a lot of parents who are consultants themselves. Okay. okay. So um, I don't know if uh, this one you've answered before, but I'd, I'd also asked, do you have like a story, a success story uh, that you are aware of. I know you're still in training at the moment, but I'm sure you have been with other guys who've been there ahead of you. And uh, what is like that pride 
you know, every organization I'm sure has that one, like the same way we see Geminis or having parents come and say, oh my God, within three days and stuff like that. What is the greatest success story you guys have? Um, I think each story is, is quite great because what we've seen is the child and parent developing this meaningful relationship. So with each story, you see the child identifying um, a strength, something that they really like to do, and then either turning that into a vocation or turning that into something that they do at home. So being an active member in society at home. Uh, so I think in terms of success stories, we've definitely seen children being more aware of their environment. Um, parents not having to point at things and, you know, be like, oh, look at that, look at that. The child is actually present. You know, mm. a lot of times we say our children zone out. Mm. Um, we've seen that reducing for sure, where the child actually knows where people are, what's going on. Um, so I think that's, that's the biggest success, you know, is to have our children on the spectrum actually be with us. So they're basically present. Yes, present. I think, I think that was a big thing for me because for all the kids that I have worked with, I'm just like, um, looking eyes, you're looking at me right now. We're working on this right now. I've had to say that so often that I wonder if I am the one actually driving them, you know? <laughs> but to see kids being like, oh yeah, I want to be with you. That's, that's so precious and important to me that they're present, they're active members um, of the whole interaction, they're playing a role, they're sometimes even leading um, the interaction. So I think that's, that's so important and fulfilling for me to know that they're present. So there's so many things I can do with them when I don't have to struggle with their presence. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that, that's, that's good because I know, like, uh, I was having a challenge, like, the way you say, having to point, even just pointing and you're like, give me that one, you pointed, but that relation of, like, this is exactly what I want you to do is yeah. it's usually quite challenging. And I know, like, you earlier said that you, you might not be able to understand sometimes, but it can drive you insane. <laughs> Yeah, it's good news to know that there is a way we can be able to build something like from the word go. Uh, I'd like to take you back a bit uh, on the section where you were talking about the six months. Right? Yes. Yeah, when you're talking about the, the first six months of uh, the child's development, what are some of the things that you were you referring to about the change? Like um, the, the change, like what, what do we look out for? Because sometimes, you know, we know here in Africa, early intervention is one of the things that we're really struggling with because for us as parents also, your hands are so full. Uh, if you have your children far apart, I remember by the time I was getting my second child, I couldn't remember what it was, you know, how, how was it at first. So like what, what, what exactly should we be looking out for at that point so that we're able to intervene in good time? Right. I think uh, eye contact is definitely a big one. Um, the need to be held. You want someone to play with you. You want someone to hug you or someone to come to you whenever you're calling them out. Um, I think those are the big ones. Um, also, understanding discomfort, understanding happiness, what I like, what I don't like. Um, I think the child starts displaying that fairly early. So those, and they start understanding um, interactions, you know, that's mom, that's dad, even though they may not say it, 
but you start seeing the difference uh, interactions um, I think the other one is also their play so simple games like peekaboo uh, how they respond to you uh, when you have it when you're interacting in such uh, play um, you might see some uh, some interests, some very rigid interests. Uh, how comfortable are they with changing routines? How flexible are they? So I think those are very uh, simple, minute things that you might completely overlook when it's a neurotypical child because they might not throw um, such a big tantrum when it comes to these things. Uh, but with kids on the spectrum, you might start noticing these as being um, very unusual and very um, confusing. Okay, okay. So it's uh, most most of the usual telltale signs of autism is what we will see as the day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And at that point, you know, I'm just trying. I'm trying to see how at six months, <laughs> how this yeah. works out. Like, like, what exactly would I be doing different to a six-month-old child that would make that great difference, you know, in how they're yeah. developing? Yes, I think, I think that's, because I think what, as, as parents and even as children, what we start doing is start making connections. You know, it's very easy to reinforce a behavior without even knowing that you're doing it. You know, so as a parent, if you do know that the child does not like being hugged, um, instead of trying it more often, you're going to refrain from doing it. So the child is getting more and more comfortable without it, and you are getting used to um, it not happening. So I think, um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you would then force the child and, you know, hug them till they just give up uh, and become comfortable with it. But it's important for us to understand how we can work towards it, you know, um, to notice those signs and um, question, you know, what, what is it that's going on? Uh, what can I do that would help me understand this better? How can I help my child make these connections and be comfortable with these things? Okay. Give me a, a, a sample situation on the, how one of the aspects you said was the guiding, right? Yes. Yes. Give us like a, a, a sample scenario of how to operate. Okay. Um, so for instance, um, an activity like uh, listening to music. Mm -hmm. um, you're just playing music on your computer. You know your child likes a particular song. Mm -hmm. um, without even communicating with your child, mm -hmm. uh, you've just gone ahead and played it. There's absolutely no interaction. The child has heard the song, so they're enjoying it. And you're like, yeah, I know he enjoys this song. That's the end of that interaction. Uh, but the way you would guide your child uh, through something like listening to music is just say, I feel like listening to music. You know, and, and I'm explaining this in very simple terms. That's not as easy as it's going to be. Uh, but just for all of us to be able to understand, um, you'd say, I feel like listening to music. And then you just wait to see what your child does. Mm -hmm. Does it mean your child is also interested in listening to music? We don't know. So you wait for them to express their opinion about what they feel like doing at this point. And then from that very step, there could be 10 other ways this could go. You might end up doing an activity your child wants to do. 
you might end up having a discussion about it, you might actually end up listening to music, it could go different ways. So it's, it's about you allowing your child to be a part of what you're going to be doing and actually allow them to express their opinion verbally through their actions, gestures, um, in any way through their expressions in any way. Um, so that's how you would guide your child by allowing them to be an active part by waiting for them to share their opinion by actually making them feel like it matters what they think, what they want to do. Wow. So that means like in everything, it's a conversation that you have to have and you yes. have to give them and allow for them to actually be part of it instead of like, I will listen to music, they don't answer, you go ahead. You, so you, are, you sort of like engage them in it. Then you yes. And, yes. And yeah. even if the child might not be at that particular the state even going through the activity, you're not actually just going ahead and doing everything on your own with your child looking the other way. That's another part of guiding that your child is physically and mentally present mm -hmm. to see what it is that you're doing so they'll be able to learn from it. Okay, I, hear, I, I, I get you. But in the cases where it's a non-verbal child, so how do mm -hmm. you talk about that one? Because you see, they will not respond most likely. Yeah, if they say, they yeah, might not. Start. yeah, so yeah, they might how does that work at that point? So they might not say anything verbally, but then that also means that you need to, you need to think what it feels like to be nonverbal, but still have thoughts because mm -hmm. they do have thoughts. They do have feelings. Um, they do have opinions. So with, with that kind of uh, a child, we would focus on more nonverbal communication. How is it that he will be able to express itself and how is it that you would express yourself so mm. that he understands as well? So you would not be a parent who bombards that child with too much language, you know, but yeah. goes down to the level where your child is at so they can figure out different ways of communication. And um, communication is key. So, you know, if your child was nonverbal, we would um, explore alternate means of communication um, be it pecs, be it sign language, be it a device, uh, we would explore that to see how you can communicate. But there's a lot I can do with my face. Um, there's a lot I can do with my hands. So why, why limit, limit wow. it there? <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's cool. So normally, normally oh, I'm sure that's the information that you gather at the point of assessment, the first yes. interactions on which you talk. And uh, I'm sure with the feedback that a parent will give you also guides you towards the same, right? Yes. Okay, bingo. All right, let me just slide onto Facebook and see if there's any questions. And no, we don't have any questions. So I believe all our caregivers are totally satisfied with your wonderful presentation, right? <laughs> and uh, almost coming to the end of the show. So I would like to encourage our caregivers to be very, very present with our children. I know we're always like very instructive. Go do that, go do that, and we see if they're going to respond. I think that's my greatest takeaway from what you've um, guided us through. And I'd like to say thank you, thank you very much, Magna, for 
coming, setting a time, and also for explaining to us and letting us know. They always say knowledge is power. Now we know what other alternatives we do have in ensuring that our children get the best out of life and develop to the best of their ability. And we really, really, really appreciate that. I have put your number on the chat for the caregivers who would like to reach out. Do you have a website or something like that? An alternative? Uh, you can reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, I'll be happy to share my email ID as well. Uh, but I like keeping communication very simple. So just reach out to me on Facebook and we can have a chat. We can schedule a meeting. Um, yes. Please, please do reach out. Even if you have any thoughts, any feedback about uh, the program, please do reach out. Okay, super. That is perfect. So we have one minute to go. So I have been your host, Sylvia Moran Chapel. This is NeuroDigest, where we break down the developmental disabilities into chunks and pieces in different aspects of our life where you can understand and everyone else as we hope to raise awareness and ensure that our children are also understood because the community, they are part of the community. And if the community understands them, then it will be an easier way for them to be socially uh, inter integrated into the community. If even when they grow up and when they are able to um, be on their own. So that is what we do here at NeuroDigest and Andy Speaks, we fight for your rights. Make sure you're included as caregivers and as children uh, and our children in matters policy, education, health. Uh, so we, we strive to be the voice of all of you in whatever way. And if you would like to let us know what else you'd like to learn uh, out of all the other 18 episodes that we have had please do let us know i know next week is the last saturday and as usual that is self-care saturday that's what we do you have to take care of yourself so that you have enough energy and enough or uh, what do you call it the psych to take care of your child i will say don't forget yourself because you matter too so next saturday we will not be having our show but we'll be giving you time to do some self-care go for that Patrick. meet with that friend you know and just remember you matter too in this whole craziness of um caregiving where you don't have a map of how to do it so we just bring it and we hope that from the experiences and engagements uh, that we have in life we will be to make it and I believe we will. So we shall be resuming and next month we are looking at other interventions. We'll be looking, we've done music, we've looked at relationship. We'll be jumping into play and how to use toys to educate and also help our children. That will be next on the first Saturday and from next month also we might be doing two shows to give you time also. So two shows a month, let's see how it's going to be. But thank you very much everyone for joining us and we're looking forward to having you the other time, remember? Don't forget, take care of yourself. Thank you Maureen Maida, our sign language interpreter for always coming through. We thank you and appreciate you and everyone else who's always here. Uh, we say thank you very much and until next time, we will see you and it's adios. Thank you very much Marina for taking care. Thank you, take care. Thank you.